Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, true believers of all ages, welcome back to the Comic Book Brawlcast, your home for all things inside the realm of nerdum. I am your host, Admin Nemesis, and tonight, our Brotherhood of Mutants consists of Sinestro. Brawlers, tonight, we are taking a look at a movie that was a major disappointment when it was released. X3, The Last Stand. However, we are going to talk about it in a positive light. We're going to talk about the positive aspects of this movie and try to put it in a better light. Then we're going to talk about what we would have changed if we were to change it. So everyone, get to the Blackbird. It's time for episode 29. To me, my X-Men. Hey, Sinestro, welcome back. And uh, it is just us tonight, so welcome to Krakoa. It's a, it's a fitting place to talk X3, I think. How you doing? Oh, well, in the home of the mutants, I guess, is uh, not a bad place to be. Um, I can think of some worse places to be hanging out at. I know, I, I, I hear in the comics it's falling apart a little bit. I mean, this one's you know quite nice, but uh, it's not looking good for the old island in the comics right now. Listen, I'm not going to lie. If we were going to be in X any X-Men location, I would have much preferred Asteroid M, but Magneto wasn't around to invite us in, so no, he's, here we are. Yeah, I mean, remember the last time we went in there without his permission? He gets real touchy. It's, it's just, you know. Yeah, and you know my rings aren't all that great against magnetism, so I'm just kind of like, oh, let, let, you know, let him be. Yeah, let yeah, be. yeah. No, we'll, get the, we'll get invited back there someday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, brawlers, hey, in case you missed it, here are this week's headlines. Tatiana Maslany says She-Hulk will not return for Season 2, citing that they blew their budget with Season 1. How they blew their budget for a show that didn't exist yet, or a season that didn't exist yet, remains unknown. Avatar The Last Airbender has dropped four new character posters for their live-action show. Aang, Zuko, Katara, and Sokka all graced the new posters. You can check those out now. Alien showrunner Noah Hawley is planning for multiple seasons with the new FX show. This is great news for fans of the franchise. Daredevil Born Again finally resumes filming in the next few days. It has been on delay since the strikes of last year. Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom hits digital platforms on January 23rd, while it will make its way to Blu-ray and DVD March 12th. A brand new trailer for Justice League Crisis on Infinite Earth Part 2 is out now. You can check it out on the broadcast page. And finally, The Batman Part 2 is set to start production in August, just about a year after it was originally set to begin. And that about wraps it up for the news this week. Keep your eyes glued to Comic Book Brawl for more updates. Okay, Brawlers, it is time for this week's Brawl of the Week. And this week's Brawl has a matchup of two of the top-tier fighters in their universes. In one corner, we have Ronin from the MCU. But it is not that Ronin. It is Hawkeye in his Ronin persona. And in the other corner, we have Vengeance himself, Robert Pattinson's Batman. Brawlers, this fight takes place in an abandoned warehouse at night in low-light conditions, with all other standard page stipulations applying. Listen, this was this was tough for me, because right off the bat, you want to say it's Batman easy, because it's Batman, right? Well, it is Batman. Right. But, 
when you, you break it down a little bit, this Hawkeye has gone up against the likes of Loki, Ultron. He's the only one the Scarlet Witch couldn't get the drop on. He's fought Black Panther, Black Widow. Sing- he was single-handedly wiping out crime organizations all over the world. And we're talking about a young Batman. Honestly, I'm giving this fight to Barton. I, th- I think this Batman has never really fought anyone as skilled as Hawkeye. And I wouldn't be shocked to see him a little overwhelmed right here. Damn it, Nemesis. I was really <laughs> hoping this would be like a disagreement. <laughs> right? <laughs> I was really hoping I could suck you into the, uh, well, Batman wins because he's Batman. But, you know, <laughs> with, with a little bit more of like, you know, an argument. But, yeah, I mean, you got veteran Clint Barton versus wet behind the ears Batman. Like, the Batman bar none is one of my favorite, com- it's, it's maybe in my top ten favorite comic book movies. I absolutely love the whole story. Mm-hmm. But he really only fights, like, thugs and goons and other generic terms for no-name criminals. Like, yeah, he looks skilled, but he's more hes just, hes just more ferocious and more tenacious than he is skilled. Whereas you get Clint in the Ronan persona, he was like a totally different guy. <laughs> he was literally cutting people up left and right. Hell, You're vicious. In, in Endgame, he kills Scorpion in a, du- in a one-on-one duel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who also, Slash, was the owner of one of the Continental Hotels in John Wick. <laughs> I gotta tell you, that guy's not really having a whole lot of luck with uh, guys against swords, but all right. No, not at all. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Clint as Ronan was, he was just like a monster. He was just messing everybody up. I really, I don't imagine a world where Robert Pattinson's Batman, at least from what we've seen, could hold his own against Ronan. I think he'll put up a decent fight with his armor. But uh, I have a feeling Clint's going to fight that sword's going to find its way through it. I, I don't see that fight ending very well for Robert Pattinson. No, not at all. I mean, this he doesn't even have a lot of that gear Batman would carry around with him. Uh, it seemed like so. I just I couldn't see any real way he was going to be able to take this fight. It's just too, you know, too bad for him cuz I like you said this was a it was a great Batman. It's probably the best entrance of any live-action Batman. The the boots just in the background and him coming in from the dark. Oh, it was awesome. Oh, that whole intro to that movie was fantastic. Like, barn down, that was one of the best intros to a comic book movie. Like, I think the only one that's really better is maybe The Dark Knight, ironically. Mm-hmm. Maybe, X2, maybe X2 with Nightcrawler, but this is right Ooh. up there. Man, I haven't thought about uh, that Nightcrawler scene in a while. That was a great one. It's a really good scene. <laughs> that's a whole other topic. I got a nice top ten list for that at a later date. <laughs> oh, that's a good top ten list. I can't wait to see that one. But hey, Brawlers, there you have it. This is uh, an overwhelming 2-0 vote in favor of Ronan, Clint Barton's Ronan. Remember, Brawlers, you can head over to Comic Book Brawl and the Comic Book Brawlcast page, find the Brawl of the Week, and let us know if we got it right, did we get it wrong, and why? Who do you guys think wins this fight? Is it Ronan or is it Batman? Brawlers, tonight we are taking a look back at a movie that pissed off a lot of people when it came out. <laughs> I am talking about X3, The Last Stand. Uh, this movie came out hot on the heels of two very successful X-Men movies. And yeah, this movie shit the bed with... 
fans in a big way. But was it really that bad? Tonight we are gonna take we're gonna talk about some of the redeeming qualities the movie has and where it ranks among the X-Men movies. And you know, of course, a few of the things we would change to make it a better film. So Sinestro <laughs> When we get into this movie and we look at some of the more redeeming qualities that it had, what are some of these th- the things you liked about X3? Jesus, man. Tell us how you really feel about this movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I got to be honest. I had to watch a few different... Uh, I didn't re-watch the movie. I've seen the movie enough times. But I re-watched a few like, reaction videos that mm-hmm. I really appreciate. Like, uh, to name drop a few, I watched The Nostalgia Critic. I loved his uh, take on X-Men 3 The Last Stand. Uh, Cinema wins for everything great about X-Men The Last Stand. <laughs> oh, I, I really tried to like look for all the redeeming qualities I could find in this. Uh, so I'll start with the easiest one. Um, the special effects were all right for the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, rewatching, I thought the same thing. I'm looking at uh, young Xavier and Magneto like... It wasn't that bad, you know. They did a pretty good job there. I mean, it wasn't any worse than when they de-aged uh, Hank Pym in one of those uh, one of the more recent MCU movies. Yes, you're like, right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Xavier Patrick Stewart looked all right. Ian McKellen, he he looked a little bit more plastic, but whatever. Uh, no, no, all right, no. Where where did good? Where did good? All right. Yes, yes. The redeeming right. qualities. I'm, I'm... <laughs> All right, jokes, joking aside, joking aside, there were, there was a few things that really stuck out for me that this movie really did excel at. Like, it, it's hard to it's hard to criticize like these few things. Uh, the with the opening scene with Angel as a kid, like that was that was a seriously impactful scene that they 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 went for. Like, mm-hmm. it didn't pay off as much later because that Angel really didn't have much time in the film, but the way they hit him with like the kid like cutting off his own wings in embarrassment. Like if you rewatch that scene, like it's a short scene, but that like that actor, that kid, he knocks it out of the park because you could feel the torment in that kid. Like Absolutely. he just wants he just wants to be loved by his father. He feels like a freak. And you feel it. Like you really believe this is gonna be a good movie after that scene. <laughs> uh Magneto. A lot of the other movies you don't really get to see him like really cut loose. In this, you kind of do. Yes. When, when the the prison break scene or whatever, not so much a prison break, but uh, when the vehicles are going down the road and Magneto's standing in the road, he's literally just, he's doing what you would expect Magneto to do that we never get to see. Mm-hmm. He crunches those vehicles, he's tossing them around, he's flipping the trucks. It's like, watch that scene and try to make fun of it. You can't, because it's actually cool. This is what I wanted to see Magneto do. Yes. And if I'm going to hit the highlight of the entire movie, this easily the best quality of this movie that I could say this about, I can't say this much about a lot of others, but the casting of Kelsey Grammer as beast. Yes. I would argue that's one of the best casting of any character in any comic book movie ever made. You're talking about Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool, Patrick Stewart as Xavier, all good and great. Robert Downey Jr. Steve, uh, what's called Chris Evans. All these guys, great casting. Kelsey Grammer as Beast, easily one of the best up there with that. I'd put that right next to J. Jonah Jameson. J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson. 
this might as well have been ripped straight from the comics, straight from the like the highly acclaimed animated series. I can't think of a single casting in the X-Men universe I actually think is better. Like, don't get me wrong. Like I said, I like the other castings. Mm-hmm. Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen were phenomenal. So were a lot of the first class ones. But Kelsey Grammer's Beast, that's perfect. That was perfection. There are no flaws. I have not one single complaint from that portrayal. That was probably my first dream cast that I ever saw actually happen. He was perfect. He had the intelligence and the sophistication that you expect from Beast. And when he had to cut loose, he had that ferociousness. And to top it all off, he was reading a book upside down. That's exactly what I dreamed of from the 90s when I was watching X-Men the Animated Series. Mm-hmm. I want to see Beast reading a book upside down. And they gave that to me. So that alone keeps that <laughs> keeps X-Men The Last Stand in the black and not in the red for me. But that's what... <sighs> I'd have to really dig deep to find other stuff, but that's pretty much where I think this movie truly excelled. No, they're all good points, and um, I'd say they are the some of the areas where this movie did excel because there, there weren't many. Um, <laughs> you know, when I go back and think of it, the number one thing that comes, comes to mind obviously is the casting all around really. Um, minus really Vinnie Jones, I think as, as juggernaut, I don't think that was the best casting they could have done there. Was but, it, was it bad casting though? Or was it poor writing? Uh, I mean, I guess we'll never really know. <laughs> I, fair, a fair. little from column A, a little from column B, you know? <laughs> but true, like, true. like you said, Kelsey Grammer as Beast was absolutely perfect. It was the 90s cartoon that we grew up on come to life. Um, I actually think the CGI in this was a little bit better than uh, the most recent appearance of Beast we've had. So, <laughs> yeah, which is it's, it's saying a little bit about the VFX conditions over at Marvel, apparently. Um, Nemesis, what are you trying to say? Where did Beast show up in the MCU? I don't know. Right, who says it was the MCU? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> You've spoiled the whole thing for everyone. No, oh, if you shucks. haven't if you haven't figured it out by now, Beast has shown up in the MCU. Then surprise! You should have seen the Marvels. Um, <laughs> well, to be fair, not many people did. <laughs> I know, it's, I, and I don't understand it. It wasn't that bad of a movie. I, uh, I, I enjoyed it. It was, it was, it was okay. It was an okay movie. It wasn't the worst. I mean, it beat out Ant Man: Quantumania. Yeah, and you know, there was that Love and Thunder we had to sit through. Thank God that was last year. Uh, or sorry, two, technically two years ago. Yeah, now it's two years ago. We're getting, we're getting real far away from it. That's a good thing. Um, yeah, we, have, we, haven't had, we haven't had a bad comic book movie yet this year. No, it's been a great year so far. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, like you said, the, ca- the casting of Kelsey Grammer is Beast. Um, you know, Ben um, Ben Foster as Angel coming in was a, was a very good casting at the time, I thought. Um, you know, we should, like you said, we should have got a little more with them. But it is what it is. Um X3 did a good job with the casting. Um, I, I liked a lot of the little uh, Easter eggs it gave us, too. You know, like you said, Beast reading upside down. The fastball special um, we got in the opening where they're fighting the Sentinels in the danger room. Um, it, gave us a, it gave us a lot of those little things, <clears throat> which was really cool to see. Um, and 
the biggest thing I thought overall it did really well was the again the action. Um, it had a lot of it had a lot of really good action scenes. It really showed off Jean's power really well. I thought um, how she got it and the whole you know messing up the phoenix is a completely different story. But I thought the way they used the power did, was very well. She was very clearly just far and away the most powerful being out there. Um, and they were able to show it pretty good. It, the whole, uh, you know, Wolverine having to kill her at the end, and he was the only one that, you know, because he's regenerating, that could get close to her. Um, I thought that was a nice way to end it. Uh there's things I would have done better, but you know we'll, we'll get into that as well. But that th- those were my real top three things that that stood out to me watching the movie. Um, like you said, it's a very short list of what this movie did well. I have a hard time not just diving into what it didn't do well as I'm tr- talking about it, as you, as you might be able to tell. I'm having a very hard time not talking about some of the really bad aspects of this movie. Hold um, strong, man. Hold uh, strong. I'm, 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 I'm holding it in. But you know, those, those were the three, um, really, that stood out to me. And again, the casting of Kelsey Grammer as Beast was just, it really made this movie um, higher up on my list than some of the other uh, Fox X-Men movies because of that, because it did that and gave us something that uh, the fans really loved and really, really wanted. But... Like we said, X, X3 isn't known for being popular among the fan base for obvious reasons. Um, so where would you have ranked it among the X-Men movies for you? And what, what kind of score would you have given it? Just, uh, you know, kind of off the top of your head. From, from a 1 to 10. Nemesis. Are you asking me, Admin Sinestro, where I would put it? On a list? On a list of X-Men movies. If you have such a thing. I mean, I don't know if you have a list of things quite like that, but if you do. Uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> making, lists, that's a, making lists seems more like a bullseye thing and not necessarily... Uh, yep. Well, that being said, <laughs> X-Men The Last Stand is ranked number eight of, my, of the 13... Uh, Fox X-Men movies that I've seen. Technically, 8 of 12, I never actually saw New Mutants, so that one gets an asterisk. Unfortunately for X-Men The Last Stand, it really only beats out for me X-Men Apocalypse, The Wolverine, Dark Phoenix, and the absolute, pardon my language for the children listening, shit stain of a movie, Origins Wolverine. That movie should not exist. I hate it. It makes me angry. We will never be doing a respect Wolverine Origins Wolverine movie because there is no chance in hell I could actually talk about the positive qualities. There's no respect for the a only movie po- that covers up Deadpool's mouth. The only positive quality about X Men Origins Wolverine is Hugh Jackman is a good looking guy. That's about all I could say. <laughs> uh, if I had to give it a score, uh, X Men The Last Stand, I'd probably give it maybe a six or six and a half out of ten and that's why because i'm very generous with my scoring yeah how about you i was was in that general area probably maybe five and a half maybe five five and a half the movie really ticked me off um (laughs) i I have pretty much the same 
me, uh, movies above it. I, I did put New Mutants as well because I've seen it. Um, it's not a great movie, but I went in with zero expectations and went, yeah, yeah, not terrible. <laughs> so it, it gets above Last Stand for me because I went in with a lot of expectations for X-Men The Last Stand. and Yeah. Yeah. But... Um, <laughs> So like like you said, I've you know Deadpool one and two, X one and two, First Class, New Mutants, Logan, and for as much as I complain about Days of Futures Past, I recognize that it is a better movie. <laughs> I, I recognize it is a good movie. I'm just I'm Logan centric X Men movied out by the time it came out, so I don't have that uh, real love for it that a lot of people do. That's fair. That's fair for me. It's number two for me after the first Deadpool, but I. I can understand why it wouldn't be as high for some others. Yeah, it's just at that point it was like, all right, can we not have a movie focused around Logan? Maybe we could make Cyclops the leader of the X-Men. No? Oh, now you're, no? Now you're dipping into part three of this podcast episode, <laughs> man. You're just well, stepping on my toes here. We're going we're gonna to get there. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like I said, um, I got nine movies ahead of it. Out of, uh, what is it, 14 X-Men Fox movies? So 13. It's 13, 13 overall? overall? Okay. So, I got, it, I got it right there at number 9. Um, there are some worse movies. There's definitely some worse movies than this. But there's a lot of better ones if you're looking at the Fox X-Men movies. And we're probably going to get a lot more when Marvel comes out with theirs. Can't wait. Oh, I can't wait either. It's gotta, it, we're going to be getting an announcement sometime soon. I'm, I'm starting to... To feel that mutant buzz, I don't know why. I'm getting that feeling. I'm 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 not getting that feeling. <laughs> I I have a very strong my strong feeling is that we're gonna be uh, waiting in line for Kang Dynasty before we hear an uh, announcement for an X Men movie. Yeah, may, maybe an announcement for a, a full on X Men movie, but I think we could get a couple of casting announcements popping up through various other movies beforehand. You have are much more of an idealist than I am. I am. It's true. You know, someone's got to hope. <laughs> it's blue, blue lantern over here. You just fight back against the darkness. You know, with the, with hope. That's what that's what we do here at the comic book broadcast. You are literally talking to the lantern of fear, and you're talking to me about <laughs> hope. When, when Doom's not here to talk about feet, we have hope. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, the hope for hope against anti-feet conversations. <laughs> Can we can we get one episode where we don't talk about Doom and Feet? Uh, I mean, it's it's kind of a thing now. It'd be weird if we didn't talk about Doom and his feet. I hate that it's a thing. <laughs> it became a thing too fast. Too fast, too furious, too feet. Too many feet. <laughs> They're all over those damn pedals. I hate you, Nemesis. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of hate, Let's take a look at X3, and you know what? Why don't you tell me some of the biggest flaws you thought it had, and how you would have changed this to make this a better film overall? Oh, you want me to start this off? Because I can tell you right now, my first thing is going to be with something that you want. Oh, that's fine. That is perfectly fine, because it needs to be said more than once. <laughs> Good. All right, I'll lead off then. <laughs> biggest flaws, how I could have changed it? All right, I'm going to sound a little muffled on this one, so I apologize. Don't fucking kill off Cyclops in the first 20 minutes of the damn movie. Oh, oh my god, right? 
Like seriously, you Johnny Cage them right out of the gate. Like seriously. Uh, for for the reference for people who somehow don't know, congratulations, you never saw Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Uh Johnny Cage is killed in the opening scene. Like seriously, who the fuck does that? Uh, but yeah, you Johnny Cage Cyclops in the third X-Men movie. First, you barely give him any kind of good stuff in X-Men 1. Mm-hmm. X-Men 2, he gets one good scene and then sidelined for the rest of the movie. Uh, and the third one, you literally have him give one clever line to Wolverine about, not all of us heal as fast as you, Logan. <laughs> and then you send him off to the lake to immediately get fucking killed off. Just, just like, ripped least, apart. By his at ass. least... At least Xavier got some like time to like build up before he got killed later in the movie. <laughs> Jesus Christ, give Cyclops something to do. Even the rebooted prequel stuff. Cyclops is never a badass guy. He's the leader of the goddamn X-Men, and he's a fucking simp tool in most of these movies. Mm-hmm. It is really hard to love this character. I like Cyclops. Give me something to attach to. <sighs> Amen. All right. The next thing I think they could have changed. <laughs> Wolverine doesn't have to be the main focus of everything. Yes, he is popular. He is one of the most popular mutants around. That doesn't mean every X-Men movie needs to be, quoting the TV show here, Wolverine and the X-Men. Mm-hmm. They're, not, they're not his backup dancers. They're his team. Wolverine works great as an auxiliary character sidelines one of the main characters not the guy he's not the leader of the x-men stop making him the leader of the x-men jesus give gene more to and give gene more to do most of this movie she's standing behind magneto just kind of looking blank faced like as soon as she goes bad and and magneto takes her off she's done for the rest of the movie she doesn't really do anything until the scene with Wolverine, where Wolverine's inexplicably walking through her power and only losing his t-shirt. <laughs> She's like the gun Magneto just keeps pointing at people. He's like, aha, uh-huh, see what I have? Do yeah. what I say. She'll take your shirt off and leave your pants. Yes. <laughs> Not for lack of trying, because that was a good scene when she first woke up, took his belt off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... Other than giving Gene maybe a little bit more to do, ah, uh, Rogue was just so unbearable in this movie. Like, she—they never gave her like a lot to do, really. No, nope. I mean X two, X two. They kind of, she kind of felt a little bit more impactful, a little bit more meaningful. Rogue one, uh, X Men one. I was supposed to say Rogue one, different movie. <laughs> uh, X Men one. At least Rogue was sort of like the MacGuffin, the thing everyone was after. At least that. In this, she was just there to complain and bitch. Every time she was on scene, she was bitching. Like, come on. She was literally there because she was the only X-Men who would want to take the cure. Seriously. And uh, and this is one scene. uh, There's there's a nice meme that goes around that kind of pointed the scene out, but it has to be said. When she came out and she was like, you know, can they cure us? Says the girl who kills people when she touches them. Then Storm steps in saying, no, we're perfect. Says the girl who creates clouds. Like, yep. <laughs> like, step out of your own shoes for a second, girl. Like, you're literally telling a girl there's nothing wrong with you. She physically kills people by touching them. 
There's a fictional character that's known for doing that. It's called Death. <laughs> you know, um, before we started this podcast, I was like, you know, at least in X3, Storm didn't say anything stupid like her toad line in X1, but there it was. There was the stupid thing she said in X3. <laughs> Sorry, man. It's like, wait, they can cure us? No, girl, we're perf. Like, seriously, <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ, yep. girl. There it was. You are There's literally a goddess who us. controls the goddamn weather, telling a girl, a teenage girl, there's nothing wrong with her when she kills people by touching them. It's like, hey, guess what, Rogue? There's nothing wrong with you. By the way, you'll never have a physical relationship for the rest of your life, unless you want to be a murderer. <laughs> oh. Literally, the, the storm was great throughout this entire movie, except that scene. It just pissed me off. Oh. Yep, no, nope, you know, nailed it. I think to make this movie a lot better, too, I would have removed the whole mutant cure aspect of it. Just focus on Dark Phoenix. It's it's one of the biggest X-Men stories in history, and you have it as, like, half the story. Kind of like... It's actually not even the main storyline. It kind of runs parallel to the main storyline of the mutant cure, mm-hmm. which could have been, its own, which could have been its own movie. No, take the mutant cure out, get rid of all that nonsense, focus on Jean as the dark Phoenix, maybe a little bit more of a less Jekyll and Hyde thing and not kill Scott. <laughs> maybe show a little bit of how this is all affecting Jean and Scott's relationship, but all right. <sighs> That's those little changes is what I would have done to make this movie better. Just a few small changes, you know. A little here and there, just like a little a line out a couple of words in the script, and it would have been perfect. Uh, I mean, for me, so Fox, y- you fucked it up twice. But may- maybe we could have gotten I don't know the Shi'ar involved in the Phoenix Saga. I, I don't know. I-, I think they were kind of important. I, I don't know. Uh, did they, did no. they have any effect on the comics? I don't. I don't remember. Uh, you know, I seem to remember them showing up during it in the '90s animated series. You know, the the series that did every X Men storyline justice, where the movies completely failed them most of the time. Oh, <clears throat> um, yeah. I, I I don't understand the whole backseat to the mutant cure like the dark phoenix and the phoenix saga is is the x-men storyline like everyone knows that storyline i think people know that storyline more thanks to the 90s show than days of futures past uh, truth and days of past was only like a what was that like only two issues or something like that in the comics yes and this is you know this was a big thing i mean you had the the phoenix saga and then the dark phoenix i mean it was this was a huge huge thing for the x-men and the phoenix has continued to be a huge thing for the x-men so, how you fucked it up twice is really beyond me. But I would have actually done the storyline. You know, the one that's written out for you, and you just barely have to change and adapt for the movie. And use the actual storylines. Um, that, that's, that's a wild theory, man. I don't know. That's a little crazy. Yeah, that's just me. Um, you know, clearly Marvel hasn't done that with things like Civil War or Infinity War or, you know... They, they haven't taken their good storylines and adapted them for movies at all. So I don't know what the secret is, but we'll figure it out someday. Uh, <laughs> Sarcasm, I like it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, the whole killing of Scott in the first 20 minutes, I mean, just is, is so dumb. 
It, it's just <laughs> dumb. It's not even dumb that it's clever. It's just dumb. Uh, you know they weren't here for our conversation about Glass Onion, right? <laughs> no, they weren't. But if they got the reference, kudos to them. Uh, <laughs> I mean, just Cyclops has gotten screwed left, right, sideways, and on Sunday by Fox in the movies. And they did him zero justice here. They turned him into this sad, droopy guy. And, you know, when he sees Gene, you're like, all right, this is what's going to motivate him to come back and be the be a leader and, you know, try to get Gene back. And then you just see his visor there. And you're like, son of a bitch. Did they just kill, did, did they just kill Cyclops? Sure enough. Off screen. Off screen. Off screen. Too. Off screen. <laughs> they off screened him. They didn't even give him a proper on-screen death. They just off-screened him, dude. That's right. Oh, my I God. I can't believe I forgot to mention that. <laughs> yes. They didn't even give him the respect of an on-screen death. They off-screened him. Just gone. There's his visor. You guys know what happened, right? He's gone. Whoops. <laughs> I mean, what in the hell? Um... I don't. I, the whole danger room scene, as, as cool as it was, why? Why is that in there? Like the Sentinels? Like we? I get it. You you did it to include the Sentinels, but we we had never seen the Sentinels before. You're you're like fighting in a post-apocalyptic Sentinel world in the danger room. It it just seemed very weird and out of place for you know something we've never seen before. And really, I mean. The world- the worst part was that Robot Sentinel for like two seconds looked better than the Sentinels we got later. Oh my god, yeah, they did more, too. I, 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 just, I was going to say, we still really haven't gotten Sentinels. We had Magneto controlling, I don't know, like, toy, kids' toys from, like, 1950. That's what they looked like, stuck together, you know? Not Sadly, not wrong. But, um... Uh, uh, then, you know, the whole Juggernaut casting, I... You know, not connecting them to Xavier really at all. It just... Why? When you could have had that as part of it? You know? I just don't... I don't understand changing that kind of stuff for no reason. Like, when it makes the story better and can progress the storyline and, you know, tie things together more and, you know, oh, now it's, you know, Charles' brother is over there too. Like, you know, it's just... I don't know. Maybe, maybe maybe that's just me. Maybe that's why I'm not a writer because things that you know go together apparently don't in movies. But uh, that I would have changed. I mean, there's there's so much of this movie I would have changed. I, it's um, you know, like you said with um, the whole Angel storyline too. Like they set that up to be like a main storyline, and then it was kind of like, eh, hey, look, he's flying by. Nope, he saved his dad. Everything's better. He worked through that trauma well. I think Angel had three scenes in the whole movie. The kid part, the adult part where he flies out the window, Mm -hmm. and then his very next scene is at the end of the movie where he saves his dad. Yeah, like he flies (laughs) off, and you're like, where's he going? That's it. Yeah, he comes back, he saves his dad, and then flies away again. You're like, okay. Wait, wait, no, I can't. I was wrong. There was a fourth scene. He walks into the X-Mansion. Oh. And they welcome him by two seconds. <laughs> yes. He, get, he does get a suit, doesn't he? I, I think, I don't, th- I don't know. I don't think so, actually. <laughs> I don't remember if he got a suit or not. But that, that would be par for the course if he walked in and they were like, here, join our team. Put on this suit. You have no training. 
Um, you know, Ro- another thing too, Rogue got fucking shafted in these movies. She never so- got to explore her full power set. And what, you know, at least in the comics, she gets, you know, a bit of Miss Marvel's power. So she's strong and can fly. And she's not just this, like, vampire that sucks away people's l- energy, from, well, their life from them. They, they, yeah, I'm not- they did her dirty. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't big into the comics as a kid, so my only experience with Rogue by the time the first X-Men movie came out was the animated series in the 90s. Yes. So when I was waiting for this movie to start, I was expecting Rogue to be one of the most powerful X-Men flying around and being all sassy with her like Louisiana accent or whatever. Mm-hmm. Then she shows up and I'm like, the fuck is this? Yes. Like she, I, you're like, okay. <laughs> By the th- you know the second or third movie, like she's gonna have her powers, she's gonna be flying around, she's gonna be one of the big X Men. Like, nope. no, no, nope. you, you, you could have you know with Magneto's you know mutant thing, you could have very easily explained like how she got amped somehow by for just from that. You didn't have to have Carol Danvers hanging around, but no, like they they screwed her too. They screwed her in a big way. Yep. And they also changed actors for Colossus every single movie, didn't they? Uh, they did that and also with Shadowcat. No, she was uh, Ellen Page the entire time. She just had... Z- oh, no. No, you're right. I'm sorry. You are correct. She was not. There was- I'm thinking of the later movies where she appeared again. All right. <laughs> Elliot Page. I'm sorry. It is Elliot Page now. It was Ellen Page then. Uh, where he appeared in the future movies. But you're right. Shadow Cat was changed every every movie as well. There was a different person playing in the first three X Men movies. Yes, playing that character. At least you know Bobby was sort of consistent. I mean, he never even really developed well. You you finally got oh. a little bit of his Iceman persona at the end for two seconds. You know what? You're right. I really wish I would have said it during the parts where uh, we were talking about the things we thought the movie excelled. I think Iceman towards the end of the movie, I think they did really well. The fight between him and Pyro was actually really cool. Mm. And his, the, the whole fight, the part where, like, you know, you sh- it's like, you know, where he makes fun of Bobby for being in school still or whatever. Then Iceman finally turns, like, solid ice, which was so badass. Yes. Knocks him out, like, easily and tells him, like, you never should have left. Uh, that was a great, that was probably the best part of. The third act, for me at least, in that movie. Yeah, that was a, it. Was a great scene. We I, we should have had more of it. Like that, I. It's disappointing we only got that quick glimpse of him as like the full Iceman, you know, persona, and that was for three movies. Again, yeah. like Bobby got Bobby got screwed. We got we got a much better uh, Iceman in Days of Future's Past in that opening fight scene <laughs> than we ever did yep. in three movies. Yeah, we got to see some nice ice sliding in that. That was cool. That was awesome to see finally. Like that's that's the Iceman I had been looking for. Like that was that's Iceman. Like that's what I remember Iceman as. See everybody, he Nemesis loves Days of Future Past. Let it just be a <laughs> it's it's one of the better X-Men movies. It just didn't need to be goddamn Wolverine centric again. And then the whole like mis- uh, the whole mystique being am I a good guy am I a bad guy like that what what are we doing with those parts you know and that like, whole thing like uh Jesus Fox what Fox what were you doing with ninety percent this is why Marvel has this shit back 
This is why Marvel owns the X-Men again. You understand that, right? You fucked up so badly through like 13 movies. This is why they have the X-Men back. So many people are spoiled by the MCU where like they're taking a dip in the fourth and fifth uh, sections of the MCU phases. But Fox's X-Men never... It literally is like split in half between this is good to great and this is bad to worse. Yeah. Like... And MCU has its ups and downs, but even it, it takes the absolute worst of the MCU to be middle of the road for the X Men movies. Yes, like it, it, the MCU is kind of like a roller coaster, and then you just have like the peak with Fox, and then you have the fucking uh, canyon, and there's nothing in between oh. it. Uh, yeah, there's a deep, there's a deep cut between like the fifth or sixth best, best Fox uh, X-Men movie, and then the very next one. It's like, it really, really takes, takes that turn. Oh, I mean, it, it, some of them take a turn, and just like shitsville. Like, X3 isn't even nearly the worst one. It's just, it's not. No. We're not having that discussion. No. I can't do that. I emotionally can't handle it. No, there's no respect for some of those awful, <laughs> awful movies. Alright, so this... uh episode where we highlight the best parts of a bad movie really turned out well yeah 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 i mean listen i mean we gave it a whirl we tried i mean x3 it's not a great movie what what can we say it's not a great movie it had some good parts though it did it did i mean kelsey Grammer is beast i mean that that's a legitimate highlight of the entire fox x-men universe (laughs) it is it's a legitimate highlight of it and i i don't know if that's saying a lot about how good some of the movies were or not but it is like that's something that we as fans really wanted to see. That's something we were like, this needs to be Beast, and they were like, hey guys, here's Beast. So, you know, I'll give them that. I'll certainly give them that. Thank you for that. Don't, not the rest of the movie though. Fuck you guys for the rest of the movie. No, except for Iceman for like two seconds. Yeah, I mean that was good. I mean, it had some good aspects. You know, the fight scenes were cool. Um, you know, Mag- uh, Ian McKellen as Magneto and Patrick Stewart as Xavier are always phenomenal. Always phenomenal. They they never weren't awesome as the characters. I'll, I'll, I agree with that. Um, Charles's untimely death, though, in X three two is another thing. I don't, I didn't get it. And then transferring his consciousness into another body, and then when you go into the future of said universe, he's in the same goddamn body. I don't. That's yeah. The, the timeline they've really, really fucked up. But the, the, there's a there's a podcast I listen to called John Campia, the John Campia show. Mm-hmm. He has a saying about this, and I agree with this saying. Uh, in regards to the X Men universe, continuity, schmontinuity. Yes, they really, they really don't care. They did not so care go, from one movie to the next. From that last movie, well, fuck you. We don't care, right? I would love to age like Michael Fassbender's Magneto. Oof. That man, God. after 40 years, still looked like he was in his 20s. It was fantastic. Yeah, seriously, dude. Put on X-Men Dark Phoenix. That's supposed to be in the 90s. And oh, I'm trying to think of how old he was. In the 40s, he was like 10. Yep. So he's he's an old man by then. That's in that, 60s, in Dark, 60s at least. He's in his 60s in Dark Phoenix. Yeah. Like, holy God, he looks good. Right? I want I want to age like that. I could be like me and Paul Rudd, like, going back and forth for who who's the youngest person looking in the world. 
You guys, Paul Rudd and Keanu Reeves, could go hang out together. Yes, we're immortal. <laughs> it's basically being immortal. Just soak in the blood of virgins and just tell us how it feels. I mean, even Xavier lost his hair, you know? And Magneto's over here like, nah, like I'm just finding a new wife and having a family and stuff. Like It's normal for a 60-year-old man to be doing this kind of stuff. In McAvoy's defense, he lost his hair because of Apocalypse. That's true. That's true. So he probably would have still had it. Yeah. It's really going to make me rethink future episodes of Respect to see if I should uh, redo the outline a little because I feel like this was a little correction heavy. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there was a lot more to fix with this movie than there was good about it, but. Like we said, there were there were some good parts of this movie. We can't not say, and we, you know, for like X Men Origins, we can't. There's no good parts to that movie, or very small parts that even you know are kind of eh. Like you, Jack, he was a handsome man. Yeah, uh, <laughs> um, Sabretooth, not bad. Great, that was a good casting. Good casting, you know. Uh, I, you know what? I rumor is we can get him back in Deadpool. Kind of hoping we see that. Like, if we get everyone else in Deadpool, why not? I mean, we have... Electro's coming back in Deadpool. (laughs) Oh, right. They're giving Ryan the sandbox, and he's playing. Uh, That's going to be fantastic. It's the only movie we're getting this year, so... And that's all we're going to need. It is true. That's all we need. Uh, Well, listen, Brawlers, we are out of time for tonight. Thank you all again for joining us. I hope you enjoyed tonight's look back at X3, The Last Stand. Brawlers, head on over to the Comic Book Brawlcast page and Comic Book Brawl. Look for the podcast post. Let us know what you guys thought of this movie. What What did you guys think was good with this movie? What did, What would you have changed? What, what Really, try to highlight some of those standouts because we all know Kelsey Grammer is Beast. A-plus casting. Brawlers, as always, you can find us on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audible, and you can find Comic Book Brawl on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. You can also find the Comic Book Brawlcast now on Facebook. And you can find Admin Bullseye at Magnus Strife Gaming on YouTube or at twitch.tv backslash Magnus Strife. That one's got two eyes in it. Don't forget to subscribe to get all the latest updates. We are out of here for tonight. Good night.